your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Welcome to special presentation with Mike and Beefcliff, or <laughs> Alf will not be seen tonight. <laughs> well, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, first of all, I think you have an apology to make to the listeners, don't you? No. <laughs> no, wait, what, what, what do I have to apologize for? I think everyone knows you've been terrifying the neighborhood. Oh, that's right. Well, you know, I just won't be out outdone. If if there let me just tell you, if I just won't be on time and if there's a race to be on time, the competition is something. Um, you know that theme song, I swear to god, I always for years thought they were saying that Heathcliff would not be on time. Yeah. Uh, tur- turns out he just won't be outdone is what's happening. Um but uh, yeah, uh, I believe uh, we are talking about uh, Beefcliff. Yes, Beefcliff. Beefcliff. <laughs> Be- yes Beefcliff. this show is officially called Heathcliff, or it is called Cats and Company, which is the alternate title. But on the internet, we refer to it as Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats, which is not the actual title it goes by. No, but it's it. But it says what it is, and it, it describes it the best. Because cats and company, I mean, you don't even know what you're yeah, getting. I mean, it could be anything. And that could be only... that could be what the the movie Cats was called. Yeah, it sounds like you know, it sounds like that move that thing where the kids take over the radio station. They just <laughs> play, you know, ki- uh, what is that movie? Kids Company or Kids Co? Uh, is that the Kid is Co? that the one Maybe where the I'm trivial pretends to be Maybe pregnant? I... I feel like I that think might that is it. it. Yeah, that's it's like what the fuck moment. <laughs> but it, but yeah, it was about it was about the but like selling manure or something. God, it's been forever since I saw that movie. What the hell was it about? Is this like one of those movies that it's we think movies... that we never actually saw and we're thinking of like the peanut butter solution or something? Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that like I feel like they showed a lot on like special delivery, but nobody actually ever yeah, watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a time when the important thing was that they didn't have dead air. Yeah, gotta fill that content mm. hole. Um, but that was also, you know, I mean, I believe Heathcliff also showed a lot on um what, on Nickelodeon. Yeah, Nickelodeon yeah. Heathcliff was originally yeah. created for uh, first run syndication, but Nickelodeon picked it up along with its sister show, Inspector Gadget. Mm. Now, um, uh, Ethan, you said that you had no memory of Heathcliff, though. You never watched the show as a kid. Uh, no, I no, I remember Heathcliff because I I had a VHS of the one that we watched before, Heathcliff the movie. You know, is this the first time that we've returned uh, to a show that we already done? 
Um, I think so. I mean, we've done some peanuts yeah, a few times, but, but we've never. But no, we didn't. We've never watched come back for more episodes of a series that we already looked at. I don't think. No, no, this is the first time. But I mean, Heathcliff the movie was a movie. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't Hollywood like episodes stitched together. <laughs> it was a real movie. <laughs> no, um, but this is uh, so. This is basically yeah, more episodes of the show. But we're we're saying this is Heathcliff the yes. show because we're actually going to also be looking at the Cadillac Cats, which. Did not appear in Heathcliff's no. movie. Well, actually, they did. I guess. Well, they technically, did. Like, like the the Alley Cats, which is what they what we decided you call uh, the three that are divided between the two shows. But we didn't see any of uh, Riff Raff and Cleo, who, when they team up with the Alley Cats, are called the Cadillac Cats. I thought they weren't. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was like a fan name that had caught on until I watched one of these episodes, where for the first time I heard them actually say the Cadillac Cats. I was about to say uh, I was about to say that it was a big hoax, but no, it's not. They are actually called the Cadillac Cats, at least in the show. Oh, I never thought about that, but yeah, yeah, I always thought they actually were the Cadillac Cats, but um, uh, they do have a Cadillac, so so it yeah. stands. You can get a toy of that Cadillac. I kind of want it now. Oh, yeah, it was there? made by it was a Bandai <laughs> toy, so it's got that Power Rangers. Uh, uh, engineering on it. I'm not sure if it can actually transform from a Cadillac to a submarine to a uh, mobile motorhome or whatever, but I was about to ask. They they actually the Cadillac cats very rarely actually use the Cadillac for anything or in in, in transforming powers. Yeah. Which as I understand yeah. And as I understand that does not come standard when you buy a Cadillac. It does not actually it's not actually a Yeah, that is the reason like, I do not drive real a Cadillacs Cadillac. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't realize in real life they don't fly yeah. and shit. So, Cadillac Cats, the false advertising. Um, no. Maybe it only works if you're a cat. I don't know. So, yeah, this is... Uh, what's What happened here was that George Gately's comic strip, Heathcliff, which we explored uh, just, just last week when we looked at Heathcliff and Marmaduke and Heathcliff and Dingbat. So, they jumped ship mm -hmm. from Ruby Spears to... Uh, or was it, or maybe it was Hanna Barbera. I can never tell the difference between those two. Uh, they jump ship from Ruby Spears to Deke, and Deke has. They were in the in the habit of uh, farming stuff out to Japanese animators, so the animation is prettier, but it's not as funny. And that's saying something because the <laughs> the animation in Heathcliff and Dingbat was not very funny. <laughs> no, no. Um... Though I I think like so we, this is the third Heathcliff yes. show because there was Heathcliff and Dingbat and Heathcliff and Marmaduke so I guess the big question is uh, I think we we asked this last week um, but having rewatched Cadillac Marmaduke sorry Heathcliff mm -hmm. and the Cadillac Cats or Cats and Co or just Heathcliff what do how is the ranking go do we still have the same uh, ranking that we thought of last week or are we rethinking the superiority of one of these shows. If you divide them up into their component shows, I would say that the Heathcliff segments of Heathcliff and the Cadillac cats are the best part of any of them. And the Cadillac cats, believe it or not, might be the worst. Really? Okay. That is, um, 
that that is that is uh, a take that will get me torn to that, pieces at at Furcon, but I stand by it. That is a hot take. That is a spicy, flaming hot take. Um, well, you know, it is interesting though because I have to say, the the Heathcliff segments were surprisingly good, and I could not I could not put my finger on why the Heathcliff segments of Heathcliff were better than the Heathcliff segments of dingbat or marmaduke because i was like i feel like it's the same character i mean he is played by mel blank in all three versions and he plays him the same and he's having similar adventures you know just wacky stuff around the neighborhood and beating up like spike and all that stuff but they feel like much more interesting in cadillac cats yeah well for one thing it's just plain you know it's just plain drawn better you have better camera angles you have slightly better mm-hmm. timing not not hugely better but there's but it it feels i it feels more like a cat's eye perspective of heathcliff as opposed to heathcliff just being a random cartoon character like the like the roadrunner oh yeah no i think i i hear you i i get i hear that um it does feel like it's more cat centric mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, the other thing, it's like, oh, you could put in like any, any character and it would just be this, but this does feel like a cat adventure. Um, I, I do like that Heathcliff is, is obsessed with fish like a real yeah. cat. Unlike some other cats that we can mention <laughs> who eat lasagna, uh, which is not a thing cats do. Um, and, uh, I have to say that, like, I know that, you know, we've compared Garfield and Heathcliff in the past cause they're, you know, both orange mm-hmm. cats, and no shade on Garfield. I love Garfield, but I do feel like Heathcliff is a better, uh, is more more cat like. Like I feel like Heathcliff represents the cat ethos a little better than Garfield. Which does. is what that's what makes one of the the first things that happens. You know, the first episode I watched was the one with terrible Tammy, and mm, so this mm. is a cartoon where another cat moves into the neighborhood and starts bullying Heathcliff, and he can't hit her because she's a girl. And apparently this is a, this is, this is something that's actually established about Heathcliff in the comics. There was one where a female dog chased him up a tree and he wouldn't beat her up because she's a girl. Heathcliff is yeah. a gentleman. And, the, and when Heathcliff jumps into the baby carriage to meet the new cat in town, she says, back off, Furball. And Heathcliff makes this incredibly hurt face and goes, Furball? Me, me? You mean me? I'm a furball? <laughs> he just sounds absolutely crushed, and it kind of feels like it's like I, I real, never realized I was a cat before. How long has this been going on? <laughs> it is nice because this does present this episode does present Heathcliff with a dilemma, like how how because Heathcliff solves all his problems with yes. violence, but how is he going to solve this if he can't use violence? What tool will he use instead? So it's a little more interesting than like, you know, the other episodes in the that we watch with Dingbat or um, uh, Marmaduke, where it's literally just like, you know, it, it's pretty much a Looney, a Looney Tunes episode. But with Heathcliff, yeah. it's just a series of things of him beating people up or getting actually up. did he even beat uh, anyone, so up, this one, anyone up in those? Mostly he just ran away. Yeah, mostly he ran away. He did torment that that dog catcher a little, a little bit, bit yeah. but um, yeah. And, you know, there's one where Crazy Shirley is chasing him around. But this one, you know, you're kind of I was actually kind of wondering, like, how is Heathcliff going to get out of this mess? 
You know, what's he going to do? And uh, I did like when I actually really liked the way that he solved it when he had uh, a little bit of guile there where he's uh, he uh, pretends that Tammy beat him up and all the humans then feel sorry for him. So it's like, oh, it was Heathcliff. That was that was pretty smart, actually. (laughs) Um, Also, I like and uh, I like Hector taunting him and he's like, oh, Heathcliff, you're going to fight a girl? Lead with your left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. the it's funny because yeah the uh the uh, alley cats are very pro tammy until she beats them yeah up. so then they seem to switch to heathcliff i do uh, i i don't know if tammy ever appears again i'm pretty sure she's yeah. a shot character but i do like her because she's got that like she she's got that like i don't know what you would call that accent but you know you know the mean she, cat she's accent, got that accent yeah she's like, yeah she's like yeah yeah i'm a goyle heathcliff <laughs> You're gonna punch a goyle, right? You know yeah. that sort of thing. It's like I don't know—is it like a Harley yeah, Quinn sh- accent? Kind almost. of a shitty Harley Quinn uh, accent, but it's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like I guess it's—I guess it's like a gangster mall accent. Yeah. I'm not really sure where it's. I'm not actually sure where people talk like that. It's like a—it's an accent associated with profession, like a, like a pirate yeah. accent. You know? Yeah, it's like how you can, you know, it's like how no matter where you. No matter where you're born in the continental United States, you know, if you're raised a certain way, you get the redneck voice. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, so <clears throat> so Sonia actually saves the day yeah. in this one because she ends up beating. Yeah, Tammy, and she but, kicks um, Tammy's shit across the street, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Sonia is now with Sonia in the other ones. She's from the comic yes, strip. I don't Sonia, remember Sonia is in the, the comics. I don't remember seeing her in. Did we see her in uh, Heathcliff and Dingbat? Uh, no. I don't remember seeing her, but the important thing about her is that she is girlfriend. Yeah, she is. That, that is kind yes, of yes. She thing. is Heathcliff's girlfriend. I guess she's the albino that uh, is mentioned in the theme song, and. Uh, you know, because the you know the gang will reign supreme and always have an albino, but <laughs> well, she's a white cat, yeah. so you don't know if she's her. Eye, you can't tell if her eyes are pink. They don't do the they don't put that much detail yeah. in. But, but they're yeah, um, yeah. The gang will reign supreme, and no one can deny they're made of listerine <laughs> and always have an albino. <laughs> That song slaps. <laughs> That's such a good song, man. They need to. Well, when they, they need to. They need to bring that theme yeah. song back. Um, I don't know if they. I don't know if they necessarily but, need to uh, bring the Heathcliff cartoon back, but they got to bring the theme song back for something. Yeah. Um, now you said that you were not impressed by the Cadillac Cats. No, though. So, and there is a good uh, and there is a reason for this because Hector Wordsworth and Mungo. I, I thought his name was Mongo, but it's Mungo. It's apparently like a joke on Mungojuri, oh. which I actually didn't realize that. I thought it was still yeah, Mongo. I, and it's probably good that it's Mungo because Mongo suggests a commentary on his on his intelligence, like Mongoloid. So, oh, I hadn't thought of that. So it probably is good that yeah, he's Mungo. Mungo. Yeah, because Hector Wordsworth and Mungo show up in in Heathcliff stuff too, and they they work very well with him because Heathcliff is a very proactive character. Meanwhile, Riff Raff and Cleo have no personality whatsoever. 
Yeah, um, there, I feel like, God, you know what? Um, watching these episodes. Maybe I picked bad episodes. I was hoping that you would have some good ones that, you know, really showed them off. Well, I, um, you know, I, I love this show as a kid, but I haven't watched it in like 30 years. Um, I remembered the, uh, horse hound versus monster episode, you know? (laughs) Which I remember really liking as a kid because it's one of those, I don't know, I have a real soft spot for episodes where someone tells a story and it's like, you know, a retelling of a classic piece of literature or something. And it's like, and you're all going to be in it, you know? Um, And so they kind of have, it's Frankenstein, but with Cadillac Cats. And when I watched it now, I'm like, oh, this really isn't that good. Like, it, it just doesn't quite work. And, um... Yeah, um, I really think that so I don't know. That's what I'm saying is I don't know if the episodes I remember as being good actually are good because I think you're right. Like Riff Raff is kind of, you know, he looks a certain way. Yeah, he right? looks like he's tough, like, but you know, he's he's just kind of a he's just kind of a non-entity. He doesn't he doesn't go out and do stuff. He reacts to stuff and he's got the yeah. Nemo problem and you know, if there's more to Cleo, then I'm not really sure what. But you know, in the one episode we saw where she, where they had like a plan to carry out, she was the one who came up with the idea. So maybe she's the brains of the outfit. I mean, I think I remember her like you know being kind of like smart in in them, but I don't know. Well, I guess the question is: Is Cleo a member of the Cadillac? Cats, oh yeah, she came up with the name, or is she just? She came up with a name, but I, I mean, she's Riff Raff's girlfriend, yes. right? So, and she lives in a music shop, so she doesn't live in the yeah. junkyard. They're kind of doing a, a reverse Garfield and Arlene thing yeah. here where, um, you know, uh, Riff Raff's a stray, but Cleo is, is a house cat. So I always just assumed that like that she was his girlfriend and not technically a member of the gang, though this episode, the origin episode, which is not good. That's a terrible origin yeah. story. One day we got together story. and we were it's friends. Liter- yeah, that's literally it. <laughs> it's like that's literally it. They just all they all just run into yeah. each other. It's <laughs> it like, really okay. feels like the Futurama version of the Wizard of Oz. And I'm the other one. Courage, not enough of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> but because I kind of thought like, look, obviously they're going to have to come up with some look, scheme. You know, that's, there's going to be some scheme that brings them all together, but it's no, they just, they run into each other and then they kind of have a scheme, but not really, yeah. you know, um, it's a very weak origin story for the Cadillac cats, which is unfortunate because I feel like, like you said, um, they work like Hector Wordsworth and Mungo work really well with Heathcliff. They're kind of like a fun little, like, you know, yeah. uh, not quite antagonists, but you know, they cause mayhem a yeah lot. they can be antagonists and... but they can also be his partners in various schemes so you know they're you know kind of yeah. like how kind of like jay and silent bob you know sometimes that you know they make trouble for whatever whoever the main characters are but sometimes they help too yes yes exactly um and hector is kind of an asshole you know he's kind of that lovable asshole type character like you know hector is kind um, of the star scream of the group like, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I think I think everyone who was a like Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. I mean, if it, uh, uh, putting aside whether or not you were, unless you were like 
unless we're counting Cleo and jerking off to Cleo, but like just the favorite characters, I think everyone thought, yeah, he, Hector's the best. Hector's everyone's favorite. Because, um, yeah, my wife had just yelled it from the other room in, in agreement. <laughs> she, yeah, my wife apparently had a huge crush on Hector. So while while most furries grew up jerking off to Cleo, she was jerking off to Hector. You know, and that's why um, the show got canceled, but, because they because there just wasn't enough of a group of horny seven year olds to uh, continue. <laughs> it's a you know it's it's it is a niche demographic <laughs> horny seven-year-olds uh <laughs> but um the um but yeah so hector is a great he's a great instigator yes. character um and he's got like he ha- yeah M- he, Mungo he has a personality and, and he, he, he basically has a gang to his own because you know the other two are yeah. always with him and you never see a story where like say it's just Heathcliff and Hector doing something. It's always Heathcliff and the and the other two and the th- other three alley cats. But actually, one of the things I liked yeah. about this one was that it suggested that the the Cadillac cats started out as just Riff Raff and Mungo. That was interesting, actually. That that is not the way that I would have expected it to go. So, but um, yeah, Hector. You know, Hector is a pretty is a pretty good character, and you know, Riff Raff is just a schlub, and he got this annoying void. Yeah, be sure to come back to his class, and me, Riff Raff, I'll be there too. Oh, I'm Riff Raff. I'm part of this show. I... You're not just watching it for my girlfriend. <laughs> See, I as a kid, I remember watching the show. I'm thinking, oh, of course, if Riff Raff, he comes up with the schemes. He comes up with the schemes. But he doesn't scheme in any of these yeah, episodes. Yeah, I may have picked the and wrong like episode. You know, is there one where he comes up with a scheme? I mean, well, the thing is, like, I feel like we watched three yeah. episodes. We gave him you a know, fair how, shake. How many? If yeah. he can't come up with a scheme. Yeah. How many are you supposed to watch before he comes up with a scheme? Um, and he's, I, you know, uh, but usually I know that one of the recurring themes is like Hector is like you said, he's a star star scream. He's always plotting to overthrow Riff Raff, take over the Cadillac cats. Um, we didn't see a whole lot of that no. in this one, but like that, that give makes him, yeah, that makes him proactive. He, he has goals. Whereas, uh, um, Riff Raff kind of has yeah, everything Riff he Raff, wants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. He's like, he wants to live in a yeah. plane. Now he lives in Riff, a plane. Yeah. That's Riff, it. Riff Tracks is, Rift, I keep calling you Rift Tracks. Damn it. <laughs> it's time for Riff Raff. Uh, <laughs> you know, he also, he, he also, because um, like in the first, the origin story for the Cadillac Cats, mm-hmm. right? It's him being beaten up by a bunch of like junkyard dogs and like Mungo saves him. And it's just like, I was watching Riff Raff, really? You're, you don't, you're like, I thought like he'd be like, hey, you know, he'd be smooth talking his way out of the situation. But instead he's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, oh I'm being attacked by dogs. I'm going to die. And then it's like, know, okay. Mungo, what? who of course is, you know, a gentle giant, but has a deep moral center. is like, hey, three against one isn't fair. Isn't fair. And he, he whips, whips all the dogs or maybe they're cats. I'm not even sure. But, and Riff Track, Riff Raff, <laughs> Riff Track <Riff, laughs> says, uh, you know, hey, I thought why don't you help? I asked for it. Oh, now go do, do something for me. <laughs> and, you know, again, I feel like th- this is like why Riff Raff is not a good character in this. Because if, if the Riff Raff in my head 
that I remembered from my childhood, which apparently I completely fabricated. It doesn't exist. But if he was in this, what he would say is like, huh, you're a big guy. I think you'd be very useful. You and me, we should stick together and, and like do schemes. But instead, he's like, get out of here, you big oaf. It's like, what are you doing? That's not that's not how you form a gang. <laughs> it's not how you establish yourself as the leader of the gang. Why is he the leader? He shows no leadership qualities in this episode. Yeah. You it's, know? it's very it's very clear that Cleo is the real leader, and I guess she just kind of has him, you know, give the orders for her so she can look she can she can hear, keep her hands clean. She's the eminence gree of the catalog cats, <laughs> I guess. But uh, yeah, um, I guess because she lives in the music shop, she doesn't like, you know, like she's like, yeah, you guys do your thing and I'll just like come in whenever I feel like it. But um, I guess, yeah, like Riff Raff, like Cleo, I will I will I will give I feel like she's actually got slightly more personality than Riff yeah, Raff, but not but that much. We still. don't see it so much here. Yeah. Like the fact that she I remember because she lives in a music shop, that that being a thing as a kid like she's kind of like she's an yeah. artist is kind of her thing. yeah there are a lot of episodes but, uh, that are like really her trying it. to teach riffraff ballet and stuff you know a lot of things that kind of came yeah. across is what the what the japanese animators wanted to draw yeah now yeah the, <laughs> I mean, the american you... creators for this show which include yes john chris Felusi, as we've mentioned before <laughs> say that uh <laughs> They had a real hard time getting the Japanese animators to actually draw any of like any visual gags that they would include them in the storyboards and then they'd get the animated version back and it just wouldn't be there. That's weird. Why didn't they like drawing I don't know. That? I, I don't I think uh, I, I there's this kind of issue with you know, it's not just a Japanese thing where you know, female characters especially, you, they never get to do anything slapsticky because it doesn't because it makes them look less pretty, and they seem to be sort of applying that to everyone in this. I think they I think they felt that if there was too much slapstick, they wouldn't you know be able to sell like the Sanrio style merchandise, the the uh, stationery and stuff huh. with the Cadillac cats on it. That's weird. I mean, I don't know much about animation, but like if I were an anime, if I were an animator and I got a script and they were like, you should draw this. What's what's yeah. in the script? I I'd, I'd be like, I should probably draw it like they said, or maybe I won't be an animator for much longer. I feel like it's weird that they were like, no, no, we're gonna editorialize. It's like, okay, um, well, you know, may, yeah. maybe, but you know, maybe it's a cultural difference. I well, don't the know. other the uh, other thing there is that you know, getting getting back to John Chris Falusi, he also had a story about how. He was like, okay, I when he got hired to be part of the the Jetsons revival, the one with Orbity, mm. uh, he actually went to Japan to actually actually uh, direct the shows himself. So some of them have some oh, have no. some actually pretty good good drawings in them, and he would you know ha host uh, parties at night where they would uh, he would show really old, the old cartoons, and the Japanese animators were like, God, we've never seen anything like this. This is amazing, and you know, he thought he was going to come home to a hero's welcome, like, hooray, it's John. He put jokes in our cartoons again. And all, all his jokes got cut out by the Americans. <laughs> oh, uh, that's still a more wholesome story than I yeah. expected. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, so one time John K. went to Japan, like, oh, shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like, oh no! You feel your, he was all like, I hear there. Feel your sphincter I, clench. I hear very submissive, demure women over there. <laughs> it's like, oh no! I mean, this is his um, version of the story, so there might be something he left out. <laughs> that that's true. That's a good point. He left out how he like uh, cried under their desk, yeah, started, or whatever it was <laughs> that he God. did. Um, <laughs> oh man! Um, but. Um, so that's that's interesting. I didn't realize that there was such a so tumultuous uh, relationship between the um, the the scripting and the animating in the in Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cat. Yeah. Um, I th- uh, and I th- also we shouldn't discount the French connection here, not the movie. the The fact that uh, all right, let's well hear for it. one thing this what is the, French you know, the connection? well the creators of the Cadillac Cats are are French animators. One of whom was also the co creator of Inspector Gadget, and yeah, what I didn't mm-hmm. know this. And uh, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he 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 uh, directed a whole bunch of French Japanese co-productions that were produced uh, around this time. Uh, Heathcliff and uh, Heathcliff and Inspector Gadget are the best known ones here, but he did a bunch that were that didn't never made it to America. But are you saying on stuff like Spartacus or uh, uh, Sun Beneath the Sea? Let me look it up. Again. Mysterious Cities of Gold. No, not. I know there's like a bunch of like not no. quite as crazy as that, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. Mm. I'm looking for the, uh, Heath. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no one should ever wash his sweater hood. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Okay, Heathcliff, 1984 TV series. Uh, that was, yeah. Ah, Bruno Bianchi. Bianchi, an extensive, yes, Bianchi worked extensively as an artist, director, producer on animated television productions, productions including Heathcliff, Is No Good, and most notably Inspector Gadget, which he also co-created. And he also worked on Jason the Wheeled Warriors. Sorry, Heathcliff. Oh. Uh, Rainbow Bright, Mask, Popples, something I'd never heard of called Diplodos, which is actually like a... French exclusive thing based on a Japanese toy line about dinosaurs. Oh, and okay. Oh. Well, I like that. Unsurprisingly, he worked on Walter Mellon, also known as uh, Achille, Achille Talon from a, a French show, and and the Ga- Inspector Gadget revival, Gadget and the Gadgetinis. And his last thing was uh. his last thing was a 2004 show called The Tofu's. Which was, yeah, okay. about a, a two-season sitcom about environmental activist family. Uh, okay. Yeah. Didn't, didn't Mike Judge already do that? Uh, no, he did that again like 10 years later and as The Good Family. Oh. Yeah. I've never seen The Tofus or The Good Family. I don't imagine either one is that good, but... Yeah. Uh, the tofu is kind of looks like that, like 16. It does. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if, well, he designed I guess that's them. the French yeah. style. Wait, are they actually called the tofus yes. in the show? Is that's that their the, last the name? The tofu or? family. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, less tofu. tofu. Um, well, uh, that's French animation for you, I uh-huh. guess. Frankimation. 
Franco American. Oh, um, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> well, I guess I can see why um, Heathcliff and Gadget are going to be his best known properties over here yeah. in the States. I'm surprised he didn't work on the Littles. That was the other thing that was kind of uh, in in uh, a circle with these ones. Oh, I do remember that show. Was that French too? It kind of looked. It was Deke, yeah. so. It was a Deke thing. Man, uh, everything was Deke back there, you know? <laughs> That's Deke, man. Back then. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Man, uh, back to uh, Rift yeah, Tracks for... <laughs> and the uh, <laughs> Cadillac Cats. Yes. So we've established Rift riff Tracks, a Rift Ref. <laughs> Is, is useless in yeah. his own show. We don't need him. He yeah, sucks. there's a reason that he gets Bad. left out of a lot of them and that they're just about, you know, the, the alley cats instead. And Yeah, I mean, the alley cats really work mm-hmm. well. You're right. They they really work well as foils to Heathcliff and kind of almost like a freelance gang. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know why they hang out with Riff Raff because he doesn't really bring anything to the, for the picture. All he does is stand in Hector's way. I guess he's sort of the... He's sort of like their landlord. It's like I'll let you live. I'll let you live in the Cadillac as long as I get to live in the burnt-out husk of this airplane. Yeah, why does he get to be? Because again, oh, he's the leader. But why is he the leader? Like <laughs> Hector is the one who seems to take charge. The only reason that he that Riffraff gets to be the leader is because Cleo arbitrarily decides yeah. to date him. And I think then they just agree that like, oh well. Uh, Riff Raff, as the only cat that has officially smashed, gets to be in charge of everything. Uh, um, although Mungo has a yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, Mungo acquires a girlfriend episode. in this episode who is very athletic. And, you know, looking at his rotund physique, you wouldn't think he was athletic, too. But uh, he ends up winning this championship against a bunch of V-shaped cats. There are no humans. There yeah. are no humans in this episode. Just animals wearing clothes, participating in some sort of Olympic events, and it it feels like they've you know passed through that the fraggle hole into the world where animals are just people, or the or there it's in the the cat neighborhood where uh, no humans ever go because it's the cat ghetto. <laughs> well, actually, now that I think about it. Um... I don't think we had humans in any Cadillac Cat episode that we no. watched. I mean, there must be this. a human because um, uh, because Cleo has an owner, but... That's true. And there is a... There's a junkyard, and it's... I guess it's, like, implied that humans put it there because Hector talks about, like, oh, I climbed in the trunk of this car the, to get yeah. out of the snow, and the owner brought it here, and presumably it's a human, yeah. so... <laughs> It'd um, be weird if the owner was a dog. It's like, what is this, Duckburg? yeah. So presumably there are humans and like, yeah, that is an interesting thing to point out that like um, Heathcliff takes place in a war in 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 our world, ostensibly. Um, They're humans. They can't understand cats. They just think of them as like cats. And even though they do wear clothes because we see Hector words with a mungo. But I don't think they have. It's that thing where they always are conveniently out of shot when like a human comes yeah. by, so they never have to address the fact that some of the animals wear some clothes. Because uh, Hector's just pretty much wearing a tie and a sweatband, and um, you know, Wordsworth has roller skates and uh, earphones, and Mungo has like a beanie and a tank yeah. top. Yeah, but um. Yeah. Um, once again, we're going back to this the eternal question about uh, <laughs> how furry is yeah. this? 
Because no, no, you want to know where that gets really weird is now the one thing that this has that the other two doesn't is the pet care segments. And oh, yeah. And this one, this one with uh, Mongo getting a girlfriend ends with the weirdest one where Heathcliff is actually providing a cardboard box for a pregnant cat to give birth in. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's funny because the cat is just like a normal yeah. cat, but Heathcliff is Heathcliff. <laughs> it's, it's sort of so. weird. It's like you're, ex- I kept expecting the cat to be like, uh, be like Heathcliff. I want you to be there for the birth. Uh-uh, I'm out of here, baby. <laughs> He's like, you can't pin this on me. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the pet care segments, like, uh, I don't. I think they're they're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty. You know, common I mean, sense advice for the most part yeah like i don't i don't think heathcliff is saying anything that you wouldn't you know that that we couldn't still agree with today heathcliff going all jackson galaxy <laughs> here with pet care um he did say it's good to teach your dog not to jump on people yes. while it's still a puppy i would agree very with much, that very much so Train yeah your puppies people yeah but heathcliff also oh, said it's okay dogs. to leave your dog locked in a hot car so no did he say that? <laughs> that's not really that good <laughs> I was going to say, that's actually not good. Don't do that. I actually remember him saying not to do that. Oh, in one good. Episode. Good. I'm glad. He had, uh, he helped, had Spike help demonstrate. Um, but so, yeah, they have these pet care segments and um, they're better than doggone yeah, funny. That's for I mean, sure. Those, those weren't that funny, to be mm. honest. Um, boy, uh, Heathcliff is way better without Marvel. Yeah. Too. Marmaduke was dragging him down. Yeah, but actually, I was going to say that Heathcliff and Marmaduke. You know, I forgot to I forgot to mention this when we were when we were talking about Heathcliff and Marmaduke. You know, it's not a very good take on Heathcliff, but it's actually my favorite take on Marmaduke so far. I find Marmaduke much more likable uh, in this cartoon than he is in his comic strip or in the movie. Hmm. Yeah, because in the comic strip, he's just a big dog who, like, jumps yeah. on people. And in the movie, he's kind of just, oh, he's Owen Wilson being yeah. annoying. Um, but the fact that Marmaduke in the cartoon show is, like, he's having wacky adventures where he's, you know, he's kind of, you know, bearing the brunt of everything makes him a little more sympathetic. Yeah, I... I... Like, when he goes into space. <laughs> yeah, he goes into space and he... Uh... Yeah, he goes into space and he uh, rescues stolen money from a mean bully. And, you know, just like, okay, this is, you know, these are kind of minor adventures, but this is the kind of adventure I can see a big dog going on. So, okay, you know, and and he never really gives you any reason to really hate him. So, which is not something you can say for any, for Dingbat and the Creeps, or even sometimes for Heathcliff. Yeah. Well, Heathcliff, I feel like he, like I said, Heathcliff is a hellraiser. So part of his charm is that he is an instigating asshole yeah. sometimes. Uh, although sometimes Heathcliff, and also sometimes he um, he will instigate, but he can also uh, be the the victim, as we saw, not only of uh, Tammy beating him up, but also when he gets sent to conversion therapy. That is, <laughs> and, I didn't realize I was going to be showing a bunch of horror related episodes. It feels it seems appropriate. <laughs> 
It is. Yeah, it's it's funny because Heathcliff loves fish too much. So he gets sentenced to go to conversion therapy and they do a clockwork orange on him. Yeah. And <laughs> the best part is when um, they put him through like, I don't know how they got all this set up, but they put him through like this holographic scene of underwater and fish in a restaurant and they're eating Heathcliff's off of a plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, I, I, uh, what's great about it is, is it's a, um, you know, like, like grandpa nutmeg takes Heathcliff to this uh, science yeah. place. I a guess. lab, I, don't know I suppose. What they call them. It's a therapy a center. Lab. Something. And yeah. And we get this, uh, this great duo. I love this. Oh, this I love them too. Here. I knew immediately as soon as I saw the scientist ladies, like, ah, this is Mike's kind of person right here. Yeah. Yes. It's like, there's nothing that I like better than seeing like a, a mean, uh, like a, a mean ice queen type paired with like a little goblin. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. That's like, that's like, that that's like cat yeah. to me. And that's he's like, he's always so, calling her, uh, <laughs> yes, your scienciness. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. And uh, yeah, and of course, like, you know, the the, the main woman, she's like, I, she's drawn much sexier than any other character in Heathcliff. Even, though, even so, Cleo. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very funny because like, you know, she's it's obviously the, the, the animators were like, oh, yeah, they. They were very, they're getting very horny for like Ilza, She-Wolf of the SS or something. <laughs> and they're like, put it in Heathcliff. Um, but then it's funny because they're like, the conversion therapy, they're like, we can cure your cat of his addiction to fish by psychological torture. Which is impressive that they know what like upsets Heathcliff, considering he's a cat and can't communicate with them. But, I mean, I guess most of what they're showing him would scare him. Yeah, they show him scary fish. They show him himself being eaten by fish. They deny him eating fish. And then you get a brief kind of uh, pigs is pigs thing where they're cramming fish down his throat. Yeah. And I like when they're like, you're, you know, ah, Heathcliff, their therapy is done. And they just drop a ton of fish on him. And they're like, now it's time for phase four. (laughs) and man, that chair he's in, it doesn't, they don't just show him stuff. They literally run him through like a, a carnival dark ride. Yeah. You know? Were they set up to do anything besides fish addiction? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I want to know is because afterwards Cause the- when Heathcliff is broken of his fish habit, he just starts stealing all food, which then the people of Westchester or West Westminster yeah. are like, no, make... Yeah, put him back because at least if he's only stealing fish, that's one thing. Yeah. Uh, so they take him in for a, emergency deconversion therapy, but we don't get to see what they show to make him not be scared of yeah, fish anymore. I wanted to see, <laughs> I mean, you know, are they going to make him love fish or are they going to make him hate all other food that isn't fish? I mean, yeah, that's a good question because, like, I don't know how I've never seen conversion therapy where they make you like something that's usually not the no, way it works no i've and i just re- i mean i haven't read up a lot actually, of i just realized what i just realized they actually it's i'm it's actually aversion therapy yeah, con- sorry con- <laughs> not conversion therapy. therapy yeah i mean there there isn't too much <laughs> difference honestly yeah there isn't but i just realized i should be using the proper term that they use so that it doesn't sound like they're trying to pray the gay away with Heathcliff. It's it's a little bit slightly different. Oh, we accidentally crushed your can under mattresses. Basically. Yeah, they um they uh but yeah they at the end I guess I actually was surprised that this had a 
deconversion bit. I kind of thought the end would just be Heathcliff stealing all food and everyone would be like, well, we really played ourselves. But they, they yeah, keep I guess they, they felt that, that you know, um, this is this isn't how an American cartoon ends. You have to return to the status quo. It's not like in an anime, especially in something like, say, Uruze Yatsura, you just fade out on the absolute chaos caused and you just assume that it got better afterward. <laughs> yeah, I guess they were like, look, these Americans, this is how they make cartoons. It's weird. They want like visual gags and they want things to always be the same. I don't understand. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> um, and also, uh, well, well, and also when they when someone uh crashes they don't they they don't make that weird lickety split sound in uh in most american cartoons they do it in heath you know that weird noise i don't know what you call that noise but like whenever heathcliff hit falls and hits the ground it makes this kind of i don't know what you would call that noise it's an inspector gadget too i we're gonna have have to listen to this again together because i'm not sure what noise it is you're talking about you brought it up before too it's a very yeah it's a very japanese noise it's like for some reason you hear the noise and you're like, this was animated in Japan, wasn't it? I don't know why. Americans don't make this noise when we they just fall. don't have it in our Japanese collection people. of uh, standard uh, sound effects, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's a it's it's a smaller and more efficient way to fall, as the Simpsons would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's it's a weird noise. I, I'm not sure how to describe it, but we'll have to go listen yeah. to it again. But um, also the golfing episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, what's weird about the, this was... golfing episode is that I noticed for the first time that not only has Iggy been completely redesigned, so has grandma. Oh, is she, is she looks different. I didn't yeah, notice she that. Does. They, they made her a lot fatter and she has a huge bulbous nose mm. that she doesn't have in the uh, comics. That, Cause Oh, you're right. Yes. Yeah, because uh, you you look at the you look at grandma in the the grandma in the cartoon looks like she's in her seventies, and this and the one in the comic seems like she could be in her fifties. The grandma in the comics is a lot yeah, sexier. She, no, she's kind of hot. For, that is true. Yeah. She she's got and like not just uh, for her she's age got uh, no she's got legs <laughs> as they say. Um, but I, I I don't remember what she looked like in the Dingbats or the Marmaduke cartoon. Or if we I'm not saw sure her. if we saw her she at all in, like... the, in those. The well in yeah. at the end of Dingbat, she would only have appeared in like the or in the end of Marmaduke, she would have appeared at least at the uh, end credits where they showed a. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of the Heathcliff characters only appeared on the in the end credits and never had an episode about them. <laughs> oh, huh. Um. Yeah, Grandpa though looks pretty much the same, but I mean he's kind of distinctive, yeah. so I'm not surprised. Um, but the golf episode I actually thought was pretty good. I actually really enjoyed that one. And, and you know, um, it, you can do a golf episode pretty badly if you're not careful. Yeah, um, this one gave Heathcliff a lot to do. To do, he's in a he's a new a milieu, I guess. Um, it's it's not exact. Yeah, and I like that it's a country club. You know, so he actually is in the country club restaurant trying to have, uh, you know, trying to have a dinner. I guess they're like, yes, yeah, serve this cat <laughs> at the table like a human. But also he's a cat. And he's going to like chase mice around. Um, and he pretty much he pretty much is causing chaos because there's mice. But then 
he and the mice joined forces at the end because the country club guy was being snooty mm. to them. So, you know, there, there's a lot of twists in this, which, again, make, makes it more fun, I think, than some of the, uh, the the just more straightforward. Here's a bunch of bunch of visual gags that uh, we were getting from the Mar- from the Marmaduke. Yeah. We d- last time we watched Heathcliff, when we watched Heathcliff the movie, we noticed that every episode has a weird sort of bend to it where it think you look it looks like it's going to go in one way and you can see how it would and then it takes a totally different tack and sort of ties it up at the end but not necessarily. Like like how yeah, there's yeah. the episode where Heathcliff vows that he's going to be nice to everyone from now on, but then the the Siamese twins shows up show up. I was like that that doesn't seem that seems like two different cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, do you think they had different writers for the Cadillac Cats versus Heathcliff? Because I feel like. The Cadillac Cats don't really do that. No, I feel like the they, they seem pretty. I feel like the Cadillac Cats might have been written written by the French creators, possibly in their fairly limited English, which is why the jokes aren't as good. Oh, that could be. Um, so, huh, huh? Because yeah, they really. Well, I'm also fascinated by the the choice to put the alley cats in both segments, though. Yeah, and they're, they're, they they they're for... they are pretty consistently characterized. Yeah. Though I think you know, like I said, they're they're but... better with Heathcliff. So I think that's you know there is just a different you know a different milieu, as you said. No, that's not the right word. What what is the, um a different idiom of uh, cartoon writing active there. Mm. Yeah, I think Heathcliff more um Heathcliff more obviously takes place in our world. There are humans, uh the cats act like cats when humans are around. Um cats generally don't wear clothes <laughs> or do human things. Um whereas in the Cadillac cats I think we rarely see humans and they occasionally or more frequently than not, like literally have just they go places where they're just cat versions of, of yeah. stuff that humans do like that, um, that uh, that like Olympics episode. Yeah. So does that mean uh, that the Cadillac cats aren't necessarily like stray cats so much as they're like literally bums who live in, in a garbage dump and this is just stuff being thrown away by <laughs> other cats? I mean, that would be kind of, that would be very funny. (laughs) It would definitely be, it would definitely, it would definitely change the vibe of the whole show, if you think about it. Yeah, what if Cleo Um, was the owner of the music shop? (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's just like, it's very funny. She's like, you know, you go in one day, like the music shop, and you're talking to like the woman who owns it. Yeah, you know, my boyfriend. Oh, yeah, he lives in the dump. He just lives there. Don't you dump. think you should let him move really in with you? Oh, uh, I don't know. You're not that close. I'm not really ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Not ready for that level of commitment. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's very funny actually. Um, but, um, you know, I have to say though, uh, in preparation for this episode, I was like, you know, I better do my due diligence. Um, I better look up and see how much pornography of Cleo there actually is oh. out there. Because I've been I've been claiming for the last two episodes that like oh yeah the 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 cat that launched a thousand furry fetishes and uh, 
wow, there's actually not that much. I didn't think there would it's, be, no. No, my wife is now yelling at me like, what about E621? Eh, maybe there's more there. But like compared to like, you know, other furry, uh, you know, uh, gateway drugs like Lola Bunny or um, uh, I don't know, some other Lola Bunny. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's not that much. Cleo is, you know, like I, the, the most of the sexy art of her. It's like, oh, I see she you did a pinup pose where she is slightly more reflective, like her her fur is like shiny, yeah. but you didn't. But like you didn't even draw nipples on her, which is what normally I would expect. I would expect them to be like, like, OK, we're going to put nipples like perhaps eight and like just do like really intense crab shots. But um, no, actually, most of the most of the porn of Cleo is like pretty like just, you know, good girl pinup art. Yeah. So maybe uh, maybe people were like, oh, I can't ruin my childhood. Like She's too pure. I can't, I can't do it. So I so, went ahead and um, searched for Cleo on fur affinity and the top eight or the, yeah. In the first, the first page of 48 responses, there are eight pictures of Cleo and four of them are balloon related. So is there something balloony about as, Cleo? As in, uh, in body inflation or is she just playing Both. with balloons? Oh, one, really? Yeah, one where she is being uh, inflated by an air tank, one where she's just holding a big balloon, one where she is riding on a giant balloon, possibly humping it, and... <laughs> oh, one... Oh, I thought she was... Okay, okay, no, this is not a balloon thing. This is Cleo, except she is also a big chungus. Oh, well, this sounds this sounds very good to me. This sounds yeah, the great. description is, this is a chungus bondage of Cleo with Cadillac cats. <laughs> well, says what it is on the so tin. So chungus um, bondage is a I, thing, huh? Is this related to being fully deletized? <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds <laughs> fully and permanently right. deletized. Um, you know what, though? Uh, I'm just trying. I'm gone for affinity now, looking up Cadillac cats Cleo. <laughs> And um, I think my favorite thing here, uh, there, there, I do, I do see some nudes here. Um, I, I see one where they gave her uh, tiggle bitties, and um, but my favorite one here is there's one of there's a picture of her putting her foot on the accelerator of the Cadillac close up, and it says Cleo Cadillac cats pushing accelerator pedal, which I always forget that that is a fetish. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is probably. One of the funniest fetishes on the internet, and it's it always baffles me that there's more than one person that has it. Uh, uh, the uh, a lot of people had some experience as a child where mom or dad or someone was trying really hard to start a car and just getting being more and more frustrated. Ah, turn over. I mean, I guess I can see how they would, you know, get their wires crossed then, and that would be their thing. But, um, well, just it's not for me. I'll say that it's not my thing. But you're um, right. I ser searching on here, I find that Cadillac Cats Cleo only gets you three pages of results. Hmm. Um. Okay. I guess people usually don't put in uh, Cadillac, Cadillac Cat. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, yeah, I am getting, you're right. There are a lot of like balloon art. Uh, this looks like it's all done by the same person yeah. though. So maybe that what person is just into that. Someone who's really um, into Cleo and balloons. There, there seems to be, 
Oh, here's some Cleo transformation. Oh, what if what if what if you turned into Cleo? Boy, that that would be interesting. <laughs> I just think that'd be interesting. <laughs> um, some muscle TF yep. with Cleo. Um, let's see. Uh, Cleo uh, in a leotard, which is kind of or a cleotard um, redundant. A cleotard. I mean, her her fur is pretty much a leotard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of her design. Um, chubby yeah. Cleo, uh, which is a looks like a redraw of a, a screen grab. Um, Sumo Cleo, uh, uh, Cleo drawn in Hero Machine. Yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, uh, Cleo catastrophe, um, and uh, and here's a a a shot of Cleo from underneath wearing underwear. So. Um, so, yeah, I guess there is more porn of Cleo than I initially thought. But still, con- considering, you know, considering that this is for affinity, I would expect a lot. Oh, more and here's and, and here's one by fun. somebody who listens to us where uh, where Cleo is saying, OK, fine. It's grace under pressure. It embodies a sense of oppressive hopelessness that remains irrelevant as a cultural idiom. Satisfied now? Wait, what? <laughs> I-, I have no. Oh, is that what her personality is? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know I, what this I, means, I, I but I, I, it's my favorite uh, Cleo art on for affinity right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. All right. Good on you, Cleo. Um, well, anyway, so uh, Cleo, yes. <laughs> uh, she is, she, she is in the Cadillac cats. Um, and, um, she did, if anyone an remembers artist, anything so. else about her, let us know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, she's too good for riffraff. I'll say that. Yeah. Much. Uh, she should really be dating. Yeah. Hector, totally. I feel like, you know, um, but maybe she's like short guys. Cause she really does seem to pick riffraff for no particular yeah. reason. It's not like he established himself as an interesting guy. He's just fighting with Hector. And then and she's like, like hello, well, short like king. Cute. Yeah, <laughs> I did like when that girl like fell from Mungo because yeah. like that makes sense. Mungo is, seems like a nice guy. Um, and I did like when like they have that whole contest to see like where her with her brother because he's like, if you um, beat me, you could date my sister. And at the end, she's like, well, fuck you. I date whoever I want, <laughs> which since that was paired with the terrible Tammy episode, it's like, oh, this is a this is a very feminist themed uh, yeah. episode of uh, Cats. I wonder Co. who wrote it. Um yeah, actually, who did? Do you think they were were they written by the same person? I, I don't think it was a John Kay episode. That's for sure. Yeah, that. Uh, well, if it was John Kay, he'd be like, "We need more like manliness." <laughs> what if we gave like Heathcliff just like ridiculous muscles, and then like he was like, I don't know. Ex- then he was gay with like Hector, but not like gay like it's in a gay way, just like in a manly yeah. way, you know. No homo. That's John K. It's very John K. is the weirdest guy because everything he does is always like seems like he's doing the no homo thing when he's doing extremely homoerotic cartoons. Yeah, it's and then he's getting, he was really fucked up by his weird dad. Honestly, yeah. Um, man. Well, you know that's what happens yeah. when you get fucked up by a weird dad. You go make cartoons for a living. <laughs> you know. <laughs> cough, cough. Fucked up profession. Look away. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Uncomfortable silence. <laughs> well, 
oh, oh well, we're, we're, well, you know, I'm not saying, well, we don't make cartoons. We're no, that's cool. right. Yeah. We're, we're, this is, and if so, anyone animates this, we're going to look like jerks. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. Well, if they well, haven't no, done I it by like, now, they're not going to you know, do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, animate the, uh, this, this, everyone's favorite episode of uh, Special Frontation. Actually, I really like the original Heathcliff, Heathcliff episode. That's one I keep coming back to listen to. <laughs> Oh, is it was it was a good. Well, was is it a good one? I haven't heard it in a while. <laughs> well, it's the one where we did, it's did the one where we to... solve sports by making them making them as fake as wrestling is. Oh, that's a good idea. We should totally do that for real. Yeah, I gotta go re-listen that episode. What a great idea! They should why they should make fake sports, you know? Because honestly, like they're boring. Sports are boring. Yeah. No one wants to watch sports. Yeah, why, yeah, why don't God. yeah, why don't we make sports as real as reality TV, i.e. completely fake and scripted? Yeah. I mean, why oh, cause especially nowadays, because nowadays, think about it. It's like people are like, oh, I like this sports team. Why? Why do you like your sports team? It's like, oh, this group of millionaires that like, uh, you know, come in and like build us a stadium okay we built you a stadium okay we're leaving to another city it's like well why why do you have loyalty to any sports yeah. team they don't have loyalty to you. this isn't like the old days you know yeah and then you have it's people like, who, who are like you know the you know a team playing in another state from an, a city in another state owned by someone from another state with no one from your city or state playing on it will defeat another team with no connection to you. And yet you'll say we won. Yeah. It's like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I can't get, I can't get jazzed about it. Not, not enough to, to riot and push cars over, which people like to do, you know, when sports do a thing. Which is always like, oh, that's the one kind of thing. It's like, you know, that's the way we do it in America. If it's like, oh, uh, people people are doing a protest for like, I don't know, like, uh, 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 don't don't let cops kill us. It's like, well, we better kill them some more. But people are like burning cars because of sports, and everyone's like, that's fine. Boys will be boys. Well, let them let them. Yeah, it's like, eh, let them have their fun. It's like, what a fucked up country. You know what? That's what we should do next time. We're going to have like a, uh, um, you know, like a protest, like, you know, for uh, for cause, like, I don't know, like, you know, Black Lives Matter or, you know, save abortion or, you know, any any of those things. We should all just show up wearing like sports stuff. Yeah. That way, when the cops come, they'll be confused. They'll be like, we don't know if we should beat these people up or not, because because I think this might be a sports thing. And, you know, they cops love sports. They love sports. That's why gangs dress in like different colors like that. So they'll look like they're celebrating a sports victory. <laughs> That's really smart, actually. I mean, you got to hand it to those gangs. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they found a loophole. They did. So like, yeah, it's like, man, you know, um, I think like, you know, that's why all gangs should basically be like in the Warriors, yeah. you know? like the baseball furies. I bet those guys never get hassled by the cops because <laughs> every time they go out to like cause a ruckus, it's like, Oh, it's a sport. It's sports. Yeah. Um, we just want them to come out and play. Anyway. <laughs> See, like, you know, that's the way we, sh that we got so many good ideas for things. Um, anyway, next time I would like next time, uh, any of you, any of you, um, like I said, 
Any any you uh, Black Lives Matter or Antifa people? You got you want to have a protest? You hit us up. We got some ideas yeah. for you to help you out. Uh, but if if you're a proud boy, don't listen to this episode. We don't want no help for you guys. If Fuck you're off. a proud boy, you should dress in Pepsi outfits. Just dress up like Pepsi and be like, <laughs> in the name of Pepsi, we hate Jews or whatever. <laughs> you know, I always whenever I hear Proud Boys, I always think is that it sounds like those diapers. You know those diapers. Mommy, wow. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big boy now. You know, exactly. I'm always like, it sounds like it sounds like a diaper ad. I don't I mean oh god, I can't believe they're gonna cause the end of democracy. <laughs> well embarrassing. No, they haven't done it yet. <laughs> what a country. That's right. Um, you're right. If they haven't done it yet, they probably won't get around to it because God, they never, they're too busy jerking off to cereal or whatever it is or they Cleo. do. I don't know. What, is there, what are they? They have a thing with cereal? cereal. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a, I feel like I remember something where they're like to join. You have to like let three guys beat you up while you recite the name of like five cereals or something like five breakfast cereals. What? Uh, I could be wrong on that. I mean, I'm not a member, so I, I don't really know how they do things, but um, I don't know. Um, I mean, that so. sounds made up, know. but, it's you know, like, doing things that sounds made up is kind of how how you get away with this stuff. This is what this is what true. Matilda was talking about, was that the Trunchbull gets away with abusing children by never doing anything that was believable, by going whole hog. It's like, no teacher would ever do that. And then the Trunchbull does, and she gets away with it. I mean, hey, it's like uh, it's like Goebbels said, mm-hmm. you know, people will be, believe a big lie before a small one. <laughs> that, that, that bastard knew what he was talking about there. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, um, anything else we should say about well, Heathcliff? We got, yeah, we got Did way we get, off track with Heathcliff. OK, so OK, let's got political there. <laughs> well, OK, let's compare the three theme songs. So obviously we love the theme song from Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. Now, compare it to the song from Heathcliff and Marmaduke, which is sung by the legendary Scatman Crothers. And, yeah, the one that goes, Heathcliff and Marmaduke, what a wacky pair. A rough little, tough little alley cat, (laughs) a a something-something hound dog, big as a bear. (laughs) I don't want to throw shade at Scatman Crothers because, you know, it's a good... It's good. He does well with what yeah. he has. Um, I I don't think it's as I don't think it's as much. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's not as much as it, the problem is uh, the Heathcliff of the Cadillac Cats is such a yeah. bop that like everything just you know I hear the Scatman Crothers like oh the pussy cat the hot dog cat and the pussy dog clown <laughs> and there's like pussy oh, hound. I'm sorry, pussy dog. <laughs> you just cut it out. <laughs> the right. hot dog cat and the pussy hound. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the hot dog and cat and the pussy hound. Because um, hot dogging is sex act is too, it? isn't it? I don't know. Raw dogging. I think raw, raw dogging. I think hot dogging is. I think it's when you put your dick between their, 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 the titties. Oh, really? I, think I that's hadn't heard it, it called is. that. Maybe that's. Uh, Maybe I'm incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> um, if anyone knows if hot dogging is an actual sex act, leave a comment. Yes. In the in the, the result, the comments, yeah. which you can't because there are no comments. Well, Spotify provides site. comments, but uh, nobody uses Spotify. Oh, okay, leave a co- 
Oh, yeah, leave a Spotify comment. Please help us. We don't know what hot dogging yes. is, or even if it is a thing. And then um, there's the but pussy hound. That that's yeah. a thing. And then there's the thing. Oh, there's the the dingbat theme song, which is not a song. It's just kind of like trying to hype you up for it. Yeah, isn't it just like the dingbat? <laughs> it, it feels like I don't know, like a Ginsu commercial is like uh, you can cut a tin can with it. Could you beat <laughs> these beats? It's dingbat. <laughs> you can even get a ton of tin can, but you wouldn't want to. Uh, you know, I I have to say that um, I will. You know, Scatman Crothers, uh, Heathcliff, and Marmaduke song. That's fine. It's it's good. It's fine. It's no it's no Cadillac Cats, but it's acceptable. And and you know, you can dance yeah. to it. I guess this Dingbat thing. I'm sorry. You're you're not going to get me hyped up for Dingbat. Sorry. The yeah. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, I guess they were like, you know what? We're not even gonna try. We're not even gonna try because there's no way the kids are gonna be like, "Hey, you want you want to watch what is this like dingbat and a and a skeleton with a plunger on his head and they drive around in the creepy coup and I don't know what, what do they do. They they did that like and they and they, they, they continuously make you fatter and thinner over and over again. <laughs> well i guess i would yeah. watch that but like most kids i don't think can get hyped up i mean i was like watching that and i was like barely hyped up yeah. for it i was like you know what i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait another uh, 10 years into the now it's the 80s until i can watch keith go in the cadillac cats and make cleo fat in my mind <laughs> um but uh and actually i guess like yeah um they should they should do uh they should do a show where Cleo meets Garfield and like uh gets yeah, fat. Because that's you know, what Garfield does. Lasagna. They makes do others fat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's he's very big on that. You know, yeah, Gar- Garfield is a feeder. He canonically. He's very big on not eating the food himself, but giving it to other people. That's very in keeping with his character. No, it's funny that Look at this show. You know, look at the look at the past three shows we've looked at. Heathcliff and Dingbat. Heathcliff and Marmaduke. Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. And then Garfield and Friends. They're like, you know, this thing about a, an orange cat just can't can't fill a whole 30-minute Saturday morning space. We need to add some friends. Yeah. Why is it that people felt so they had so little uh, faith in uh, kids' interest in orange cats. I, I, it's it's strange. It's hard to hard to really fathom. It was like, well, for, I can understand the Garfield and Friends thing because, for one thing, uh, we're, the U.S. Acres segments were really good. It was good that they made them, yes. and the the comic strip U.S. Acres was really good. And well, I mean, it didn't start out really good, but it. It didn't quite hit the ground running, but uh, it got really good toward the end. And it's nice that they got a second chance as part of this cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, also, like, yeah, that kind of makes sense because it was pre it preexisted. And Jim Davis was like, well, I own the rights to this. Might as well use it. You know, I wonder if he was selling um, that first and they were like, well, we want Garfield instead. So we came up with a package deal. When did, actually, so what does you does U.S. Acres? It postdates Garfield, I'm yes. sure. Garfield was first. Garfield right? was first, and I think U.S. It's Acres inter- got started in eighty five to eighty six. 
Hmm. Hmm. Um, I wonder because everyone always makes fun of, uh, you know, Garfield as being kind of so mer- uh, mercenary, I guess, or not mercenary. Um, just like, you know, they're like, oh, he realized it was a niche that like, you know, there's no comics for cat lovers. So I'm going to make one of those and, and just like, you know, exploit that. But I mean, was he also like, huh, there's no comics for people who really love farm animals. What if I did a comic for them? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I wonder what the origin was apart from that he grew up on a farm and kept, maybe he just kept coming up with farm themed stuff to do for Garfield. And it was like, you know, we can't keep sending them back to the Arbuckle farm over and over again. We need to do something that takes place on a farm. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, Wikipedia is not giving me, uh, let's see, uh, much info on why, Jim Davis decided to do uh, U.S. Acres. Um, but you know what? We'll have to do a deep dive into that when we do our Garfield and Friends episode, which because I strangely we have gotten what? Like we are close to our years fourth this, anniversary and we've never done Garfield and Friends. We should do Garfield. Okay. and Friends. I mean, I feel like the kids, the kids want the kids love Garfield. Yeah, it's been a long time since we did Garfield. OK, Garfield and Friends coming your way. Friends are there. To help you get started, to give you a push on your way. <laughs> All right, tune in next time for some. Uh, if we're we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna complete the uh, our, our look at Orange yes. Cat. Uh, and if there was anything else with Build a Cat, we'd have probably looked at that by now. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Build a Cat. Yeah, well, that's it. They only made that one special. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but, and I'm not willing uh, to dig up all the Opus and Bill uh, greeting cards to review them for this. Yeah, let's let's not <laughs> let's not do that. All right, tune in next time for Garfield and Friends. Yes, and, and I guess uh, Heathcliff. <laughs> Wait, no, well, no, no! You actually meant to say Garfield this time. <laughs> we got so used to accidentally <laughs> saying rapping. Garfield when we meant Heathcliff. Now we're going to be calling Garfield Heathcliff. It just got real. <laughs> <laughs> it's Garfield and Riff Tracks. <laughs> Riff- oh my god, I meant to say Riff Tracks. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna go yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs>